0: Welcome to the T-Hud Podcast. I'm Moby. I'm Leland.
1: And I'm Shannon.
0: Yes, listener. We Third time is a charm, as, a, as were times number one and two. We have brought back Shannon Prola, friend of the show, original guest, our pal.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back.
0: You're welcome. You're welcome. You basically, I think you're the first person to get a lifetime invitation or something like that, where we'll basically piece you in whenever you feel like it. I
1: Well, I feel so honored because, you know, this is actually like my first big work assignment back after having Marvel, so.
0: Yes, and of course we want to talk about that. You had an absence of about five or six months from us, you explain.
1: I had a beautiful baby girl in October named Marvel Lee Parola, and she is pretty much awesome.
0: That is amazing. And listener, you are listening to a geek podcast. It is no coincidence that her name was Marvel and Lee Correct. <laughs> right, because you named the middle names after me. Right, Lee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly the reason. Actually, uh, Lee is my brother and my dad's uh, middle name and my grandfather. So it actually became uh, just a real cool homage to them. And everyone just assumes we named her after Stanley since we named her Marvel anyway.
0: <laughs> I did make that assumption. And I also made the assumption you had an extra E on that to differentiate from Leland. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I got to get this guy. Just
1: remember, hand. as president of the I Love Leland fan club, you know, we had to give some kind of little nudge there.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful <laughs> thing. And I just like to point out that attendance in the fan club has not gone beyond one uh, since you joined us. How dare this. you, sir? How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to audit. <laughs> Well, no, 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 I, we have
2: closed books around here. <laughs> we don't um, show anybody the numbers.
0: That's awesome. So, yeah, your first big uh, assignment back uh, with us. You know, I I have prioritization button set on Game of Nerds. We, you know, so I see the Facebook stuff, which is really good. I'm actually going to touch on that, you know, at parts today, or we're going to touch on that. Um, but, yeah, why don't you plug Game of Nerds to start where it is where they can find you, if they like you. Yes.
1: So The Game of Nerds is where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession about a fandom. We cover everything from movies, books, games, comics, cosplay, television, and a lot more. Um, Come and learn about a new fandom. Check out your latest on your favorite things. Or if you're looking for a group to geek out and ride with, we've got a spot for you. You can find us on all our social media at The Game of Nerds or at www.thegameofnerds.com.
0: That's awesome. And... What I like about your content is you have so many writers it's so diverse you know if someone's interested in the tv show Shit's Creek like I see that pop up a lot I'm big into the farming Harvest Moon style video games and you know you've got a writer who kind of focuses in on that a lot you know movies you name it of course Marvel stuff so you really can find anything you're looking for at Game of Nerds.
1: So. The best part, I think, is that every writer that I have on staff brings something new to the table and something that they absolutely love. So it isn't something half-assed, really. It's just they absolutely love this thing and they want to share it with the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that passion, seriously, is is obvious in the writing, unlike Lee Linden and my writing. So. Or, or our half ass podcast, yeah. Well, that's true. Do we do anything that's not half-assed?
2: I've never done anything that's full ass well, so...
0: That's good. As Shannon well knows, we're half ass friends, so... <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into the banter there, and uh, let's give it to the, the guest if she's got anything you want to bring up in kind of her little random grab-sack section. Do you have anything? <sighs>
1: Besides that, Ghostbusters is about the only thing I'm excited about this year. That's 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 it. I, I to be honest, I have been literally so absorbed with Marvel and Sesame Street and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse that um, <laughs> Ghostbusters is like literally the only thing on my radar for July. <laughs> that's
0: cool. Well, I mean, well, it's not cool, but it's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's how sad my life I... has become. <laughs> I only watch Sesame Street and Mickey Mouse House.
0: I'm actually going somewhere with this, which is one of my banter points is something I just read yesterday, which is that I I hate to bring it up because you hear about it too many times each day. But uh, uh, movie production companies are extremely worried about coronavirus killing the box office in 2020. Because who's going to want to go to a public movie with a bunch of random people? You know, you hear a cough, you practically want to run out the door. Yeah. And, uh, well, they
2: push back sonic's chinese release right as well for that movie so there's gonna be you know in some of the hard hit countries it'll be mandatory like, no you can't go <laughs> yeah to move to see the movie i mean if your movie flops in the chinese market like your movie flops yeah
1: yeah um, well and me ahead. and my husband talk about this all the time like if apple would just purchase the rights to all these movies and just like put a flat like fee or $25 fee from like, for me to watch it while it's in theaters, I would, in a heartbeat, buy it on Apple TV and be done. Like, I just watch everything from home. Yeah,
0: and I've heard of that before. You're not the first person to bring that up. Like, hey, I'll pay a generous, you know, monthly sum, like you mentioned, the $25 to $30 range in exchange to be able to watch these first run movies from home.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that.
0: And I wonder if we're going to get to that point. I think we're going to get to that point, certainly, where movies that are only a few weeks out of release. They may have to have, like, three weeks in theaters or two weeks or something like that. You know, we'll get that, get there in short order. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the 2020 box office looks that great. We actually went over it in our last episode and it was kind of like, nah, pass, pass. Yeah. There's a few things. I mean, the the... Black Widow movie, you know, it could be cool. I'm oh, really excited I totally for forgot
1: about Black Widow. Oh, now I feel like a horrible mother because I named my daughter Marvel and forgot about Black oh, Widow. Oh, that's
0: okay. You know, by the time uh, it comes out later this year, Marvel will be like six feet tall and fending for herself. So <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to hit the theater. That's true. But do not delay Top Gun 2. That has been my <sighs> life. I have a flight suit ready to go and I just, you know, cosplay everything. And so I just... Uh, yeah, I hope that doesn't get delayed June 26th, so...
1: I think every time I've been on this podcast, we have touched on Top Gun, the second one.
0: I, I pretty much shoehorn it in. I, yeah, I
2: feel the exact same way. Every time I've been on this podcast, I think we've talked about Top Gun, so...
0: <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I could be at, you know, a funeral for a second cousin, and I'd be like, he could be my wingman <laughs> anytime. <laughs> you know, I just have to drop it. Uh, but let's we to you, Leland, for your first banter. Okay, um... I have
2: surprisingly quite recent matter as of I mean on the day we're recording anyways, um yesterday the FF7 remake demo dropped and I actually oh. played a bit of it right before we recorded. And um it's cool. It looks real good. I I think the the mix between like uh third person action and like turn base is kind of interesting so far. Cause you know you 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 basically you can pause the combat to pull up like to cast a spell or use an item or that kind of thing and you can bounce around between um, the different characters and uh, yeah so the demo I'm not quite finished it I just finished the first boss thingy the the scorpion scorpion thingy. guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: okay uh, it's a cool fight uh, it's interesting I don't know I. I don't really give a shit about the original, so (laughs) well I heard up in Heaven Ghost Marty was uh playing it and skipping hell classes. Hell classes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Are you into Final Fantasy at all, Shan? Have you ever been?
1: I have touched on it. Um other I've watched other people play it, but no, I have not I have not Not played it myself.
0: Well, perhaps a game a little more in your league of things. Which I wanted to bring up as my second banter point. I was half drunk yesterday at midnight, and I decided
1: pre prereqs for a game for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will, yes, I will. I will drink for everybody who wants me to drink. Um, but this game is uh, Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I
1: love that game.
0: Okay, I was good. Ge- that was question one. Have you played the yeah. original? And did you like it? Question yeah. two. In your post-I-Have-No-Life baby life, did you even know that a new Switch Animal Crossing was coming out?
1: No, and now that you told me, I'm going to be sad because I literally still don't have time to play it in my (laughs) post-baby life. But uh, that is like one of those nostalgic games that you can like stop and go. And I just, oh, I love it. But great, thanks. Now I want to (laughs) download something new and I have no time to play. Thank you.
0: You're, you're welcome, and i got to rub it in further on why I'm so excited for right. it. Um, so this time it's way more free-flowing. Uh, you're not bound to a town where you just place a, a house and do your thing. What happens is Tom Nook in the game, the infamous shopkeeper of dubious origin and intentions, uh, basically sells you some ratty timeshare to an island, and I think it, you get stranded on that island. But basically, you get to build from the ground up. And I think from what I've seen, there's no reviews out yet, that they're kind of, they've taken inspiration from Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley and moved more into that direction. Okay. Uh, A larger crafting. There's a lot more crafting in this one. There's a lot more resources that you can collect, Um, which excites me because I'm on like my fifth run through of Stardew Valley. I probably poured 700 hours into that game in four years. So I'm ready for something new.
1: Now, see, and I haven't played those other games and Blake, one of our staffers, she is like into all those farming games and everything. I'm like, once I start like crossing into all those other games, there's just like, I feel like it's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down because it's not going to end out well for anybody.
0: Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because um Blake, I yeah. am really excited about her review for this. It's probably the review I'm most looking forward to because her passion well, it exceeds mine when it comes to these. And so I'm really excited on, on her review.
1: She finds the most different and like the indie ones, the Kickstarter ones, like the ones no one's ever heard of. And then like everyone now wants that game. Like I feel like she's the one who finds them before they become popular.
0: Oh, she totally does. Um, She has one you've actually reposted it many times. Oh, I forget the name of it, but it's something like Orange, Orange Season. It's an early access on Steam. Yeah and she it was her article that actually led me to buying that and it was pretty cool you know it still needs to be still needs a little work but it was fun so yeah i love
1: little games like that
0: yeah yeah so um yeah that's really cool and i just wanted to to bring that game up on uh, does anybody have anything else
2: uh yeah sure um i started death stranding a few weeks ago and played for a few hours and then promptly quit and <laughs> started playing God of War again. So, Death Stranding right. sucks. It's
0: boring as fuck. Okay. Is that one that uh, Ghost Marty in his seance recommended to you? No, or how did you get uh, into that?
2: Oh, it's, just, it's Hideo Kojima. Oh, it's, okay. uh, the man behind M- <laughs> MGS. Uh, I, it, I mean, it lo- it's very pretty. The story, it's kind of an interesting setting. Um, but the gameplay is just boring. Aww. Maybe I haven't gotten enough time. and haven't. It might be a slow ramp, and I, but I don't have the time to give it. And I'd much rather play God of War. <laughs> well,
0: I know you love God of War. It's yeah, your favorite so, franchise ever. I don't know. So. Yeah. It
2: sucks. Death Stranding sucks.
0: Go, go back to the tried and true. Yeah, exactly. And is that it? We're good? I have yeah. no
1: life, you guys. <laughs> no, I'm just we're, kidding. We're,
0: we're like, I feel like we're almost quasi bringing you up to speed on a few things in this podcast. Which is great. I
1: feel like I'm getting my Wikipedia, you know, newscast that I needed of everything that has gone on that I missed in like the last five months.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Have you heard there was Christmas? It was quite delightful
1: this year. <laughs> I survived that. That was that was one of those things I was worried about. We survived Christmas. We got into New Year. And now, okay, we're good. We're in the clear.
2: That's awesome. Okay, all right. Right. let's move into our first of two hybrid segments. That movie has titled the Collectathon.
0: Yeah, and this was inspired by Shannon Uh, specifically. I thought it would be a great segue because you and your husband are so into these Funko doll things, Funko Pops, and I I just want to learn like what they are and how you got into it and you know your passion for it and. You know, is there like a big community for these things, a big soul culture? Like, I don't know. So let's start with that. They're so popular. So,
1: so, yeah. So I like I told you guys before we even started recording, like we could literally record an entire podcast <laughs> just on Funko alone. I mean, there is so much. I mean, there's communities, there's groups, there's clubs. I it just there's. My husband's a part of so much stuff, it's hard to even keep track of his social schedule at this point because he's he's involved in so many groups. Um, but basically, they're little plastic toys in boxes. And they come in different fandoms, movies, I mean, sports. They can be real people. I, wow. Literally, the list goes on.
0: Well, what amazes me is how quickly they get them into market when there's a new pop culture phenomenon right like
1: Some of them, they get out pretty fast. But then there's, like, if you're a true, like, Funko collector, quote unquote, like, there's ones that we've been waiting years and years and years, and they still haven't made. But Uh really, what it comes down to is Funko's ability to have that licensing and being able to make that product up to that licensing standard, Um, you know, because everything has to be approved. You know, if Star Wars wants a bunch of Star Wars, Baby Yoda pops, they have to be up to Disney's standards of Baby Yoda before Funko can sell them.
0: Right. And I actually was going to make a joke, which I think is obviously untrue, that, you know, when I was watching The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda came on the first time, I was like, wow, and minimized my screen. And there was an advertisement for Baby Yoda Funko Pop like two two minutes later.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's like that's the hot commodity right now. I think the biggest thing in the group right now is I guess Target dropped a mandalorian with the fire gun from one of the from one of the episodes and like that's the funko pop like that everybody on ebay wants right now you know and i'm sure by the time this gets released some other funko will be the hot ebay ebay autumn of the week so i I, people are crazy about these so i it's just it depends on how involved you are
0: now is a lot of the community like you where the keep them boxed are they designed to be kept boxed or can you like play with them and do something?
1: So there's two different types of collectors. There's inbox collectors and there's out of box collectors. Uh we are definitely well, we have a mix of in and out of uh in box and out of box, but for the most part we're in in inbox collectors. Um the ones that are out of box are the ones like Andy thinks are the coolest and the ones he wanted to display. (laughs) Otherwise for the like I keep looking back at our collection um, because really for the most part all of ours are now on the older side like they're ones you can't get anywhere they're more rare because since marvel's arrived we haven't really been collecting a lot of the new stuff so everything's pretty much like a vintage because we started collecting in 2015 and Uh. funko started collect uh, started releasing all the funko toys in 2011 so we were only four years out after they started That's
0: cool. And before we move on to other kinds of uh, collecting stuff, um, I did want to hit on something that I've seen on your Facebook and, and I think Game of Nerds a bunch of times, which is Andy seems to have hit, you know, somewhat minor fame with his Hopper Funko Pop cosplay, which is amazing if you see it. I mean, that's why you should go to, you know, Game of Nerds Facebook page and like look it up or search for it or something. But you've got her husband dressed as Hopper from Stranger Things in a Funko box.
1: Yeah, so uh, this started in 2017. He decided, he literally came home after our wedding and was like, I want to be a Funko Pop for Halloween. And I said, you're crazy, blast your mind. There's no way I'm making a box in two weeks. And I made a box in two weeks. And it was Logan, wow. um, Wolverine, because that's his favorite character of all, all time. So we made this box for him and he won his costume contest at work so at sbcc that year he thought it would be a joke to like walk around in his box and that was the last year i think cm lee was there and we got asked to leave like he got locked by people and they told him oh you gotta leave he wasn't even in costume he just wore the box and a game of nerds t-shirt like thinking he was so funny and he they asked him to leave so the next day he came in full costume like totally like walked around and took pictures and that was like the spark of okay um i'm going back to the drawing board we've got a convention in december like let's do this and that's how hopper was created so hopper came out for um heroes and villains fan fest he won at heroes and villains fan fest for their for their costume. And then we took it to ECCC last year and Funko came unglued when they saw it because they were just like, this is just too much. So <laughs> oh. so after the box barely made it home and we were supposed to do another or actually for SVCC this past. No, well, I'm losing track this last year, right before Marvel came, um, they decided to do Farva and Ramathorn from Super Troopers. So that was their last box. And we were supposed to have another box for March, but because we're not going to ECCC because of Marvel um, and the coronavirus and everything that's going on, um, I think we're just going to put our next box on hold for a few months and see where we're at.
0: (laughs) Okay. Are you at liberty to disclose what Andy is going to be, or would you prefer to keep that a secret until the big reveal?
1: That all those boxes. That's that's all Andy's that's doing. All that. That's all of his creation. So um unfortunately, he's putting Marvel down. So I, I I'm not at liberty okay. to say.
0: Uh, I'll just throw this out there. You can neither confirm nor deny he will be Iceman from Top Gun in time for the <laughs> second movie. <laughs> neither confirm or deny. I hear that.
1: I can deny that one for sure because they haven't made a. If they haven't made a Funko Pop of it, then he can't make the box because that's how how you know we model them off the actual Funko Pop box.
0: Funko, the Mandalorian has nothing compared to Iceman. Oh jeez. Am... Okay, never mind. I'm not gonna go. Well, Funko that. Games also
2: uh, recently created a board game called Funkoverse. It's basically oh yeah, like I a, did not know. It's like a skirmishing battle game where you you get you play with the the fig the, the Minis are little Funko people, Funkoverse. So is this yeah. somewhat like Heroescape? It's in the vein of it. Yeah, okay. like that similar type of game. Like, you know, they each have their unique abilities and uh, action points you spend when they move around the map and that kind of stuff.
1: And I know they come in different fandoms. Like, you can get them in different, like, characters. Like, yeah. I know there's a Harry Potter one and, like, yeah, a DC, I don't know all yeah. of them.
0: Yeah, ab- cool. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I do want to spread this open a little bit. And, you know, I, I want to go to Leland and ask, Leland, is there anything you currently collect specifically? Or, if no, that you've collected in the past?
2: Uh, I suppose, technically, I collect board games because I don't play them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so I think in the vein of that hobby, I am much more along the collector. Yeah, but no, I mean, I don't even... It's like. Like
0: Magic, MTG. Like I don't collect Magic the Gathering cards. I, I did think though you you were close with your dragons for Magic. Like you were pretty obsessive about dragons. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And for a time there, I was collecting
2: Android Netrunner, uh, the mm, LCG that's from right. Fantasy Flight yeah. Games. And um, then that kind of fell off again. So yeah, of course I've collected things in the past. Absolutely. Hmm. That's cool.
1: I, I consider collecting games. That you collect games like that. Sure. Yeah. That's
2: cool. I mean I collect Cuz I'm sure a
1: lot a lot of the games that you have like you can't get anymore, you know.
2: There are quite a few number of them that are out of print, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um so Shannon, do you collect babies now? Like is that going to be your new <laughs> your newest collection?
1: No, after being a nanny and having one, I'm like, eh. That's it. Right. my <laughs> I My op- out. Member <laughs> of having an army. I'm like, "Okay, let's reduce that number now that <laughs> I, have them. I have to keep them 24 hours." <laughs>
2: You oh, get baby anywhere. They're not really collectible.
1: No, no. <laughs> I, as my husband says, he goes, you know, I don't know collecting Funkos was a little easier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. I've done a little collecting of kind of, I guess I would call it off-ball stuff, but I mean, here we are in a geek podcast. I was really into forensic-themed video games, of which there's not a ton, and they're not very expensive, but... Like, I was all over any game that touched on forensics or had a forensics segment. I don't even know why. Oh, I guess it's fun somehow. But I really like the CSI um, games for Nintendo Wii. I have them all. Even though, like, they consistently get rated, like, 5 out of 10. And and people don't like them because they're kind of, you know, they still kind of steamroll you down a certain path. But it's still a really entertaining path. Um, because they're written by the actual screenwriters of the show with the actual actors, and they do put an effort to make kind of creative uh, uh, segments. So that's one. I tried. I made a again half-assed uh, effort to collect the top ten rarest Nintendo sixty-four games, and what actually stopped me. I was about halfway there. I was about. I had about five of the ten, and. I found out it was revealed there was actually a rarer game. I actually thought I started with the rarest game, which was Clay Fighter 63 and a third director's cut, uh, which was a Blockbuster exclusive. Each Blockbuster got precisely one. And in the US and Canada, and it was never sold retail. So the only way you could get it is if Blockbuster sold it off when they sold off their N64 stuff. So I have that. And I actually have one incredibly good condition that I'm holding on to. Uh, that looks like it was never a blockbuster rental. I know it's not a Chinese knockoff. I bought it like eight years ago. But it was revealed that Turok the Dinosaur Hunter for Nintendo 64, that there was a game-breaking bug in Turok Rage Wars was called. They had like four games for that N64. And that what it meant is in the two-player cooperative, you could not get to the final mission. It's the game would die. And it wasn't something like a bug that happened occasionally, like it was a game-breaking bug that always happened. So if you mailed your copy of your U.S. Region 1 video game to France in the mail, they would mail you back a corrected copy of Turok Rage Wars, which Rage Wars came in a, a red case, but from France, this replacement one was in a gray case. And they say, like, almost nobody did that. It wasn't a popular game. So I think they said around only 200 were ever mailed out. Um, And so at that point, I was like, really, I got to collect this to get the top 10? And it was, like, starting bid $3,000 US. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, jeez.
1: Yeah. Well, is it really collecting if you're just collecting it for monetary value? Or collecting only for fun?
2: We didn't really define, I mean... You can define a collection, but if you have a collection of items, does that mean you are a collector? Because I have a fairly robust collection of Dungeons and Dragons books, but I
0: wouldn't—I don't collect all of the published material. You bring up a great question, Shannon, and that is—you know—does the if you collect for financial reasons, like you said, and I presume you mean like reselling eventually? Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah,
1: that's a, that's what I assume. Because like a lot of these people like, you know, like collect stamps, collect coins, collect, you know, what a beady babies, you know, for example, you thought like if I hold on to these in like 10 years, it's going to be worth a crap ton more money. You yeah. Know? That's kind of how like the Funkos people deal with, you know, like that's kind of the reality that I have in Funko because, you know, people, something exclusive will come out and so many people will want it that they'll put it on eBay you know, for three times what it's actually worth, you know, right after it comes out. And in like two months, the price will drop drastically or the price will go up. It's really just a gamble. No,
0: I think that's great. That's a great question because uh in my case, so the forensic games, I never thought about reselling them, but I did collect or started collecting those top 10 N64 games with the intention of eventually selling them. And I did actually sell one of them. I have the rest, but you bring up a good... I don't want to say ethical point, but it's making me think, I guess I would say from my perspective, you could do both. You could collect with the thought of flipping them later, but I wouldn't extend that to some mogul that has like a warehouse outside of Tucson, Arizona, that's filled with Funko Pops. He never sees them. And all he's going to do is storm there for 15 years until he can sell them. I wouldn't consider that collecting.
1: I think it just depends on the person. Like we, you know, like I said, in the Funko community, we see it both ways. Like we, we collect because it's fun and like, yeah, our, a lot of people are like, oh no, you need to sell your most expensive pops. But unfortunately our most expensive pops are the ones that have the most like memories and, you know, yeah. uh, emotional attachment and value to us than monetary value at the end of the day.
0: Um, you don't have to tell us how much unless you want to, but have people ever made like crazy offers to yourself or andy for some of the older pops
1: oh we'll post things on instagram and people will like literally direct message us like i'll give you x amount of money for this this and this and we're (laughs) like um no it's not for sale they're like no no no, i need this for my collection because once again like most of our marvel collection when andy started collecting they only made so many of them and to find them in nice box condition because andy puts them all in like plastic protectors and you know we've moved i don't know how many times with them i mean he takes so good care of them that to find them in the condition people are willing to pay good money for them. it's just andy's not willing to let go of them
0: no that's hey that's fair enough i mean that's probably the mark of what i would say is a you know a true collector who's in it just because he loves it or else he would have sold it for these crazy amounts of money that brings up a question, Leland, if perchance you're at one of your little cons that you go to locally, you bring up board games, someone says, hey, you know, here's five board games he wants that you have, he's willing to pay, say, double or triple what you paid for him. Would you seriously honor or or consider that? No, <laughs> probably not. No. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. well,
1: because I see all these games because we have a few board gamers um, on staff and they, like, will bring up these games and they'll be like, hey, Shannon, try and find an Amazon link for this. And, I, like, looking it up, I'm like, no one's going to pay $800 for a board game. Like, sorry, you guys.
0: Well, so Leland has a large set of HeroScape, uh, which, if you're not familiar with it, when what year was Heroescape started? Like two thousand four, something like. Yeah,
2: oh four, I think that's what it was. Yeah.
0: And so it's you know you build plastic battlefields. He used to build it on his kitchen table, and he had so many figures. We make rules for drafting and have these big wars. Well, now that stuff's impossible to find, and even out of box, you know, he could probably make a lot of money if he flipped it, a collection like that. Yeah,
2: I wonder. Um, I think it would be a pain in the... I think I'd have to... You'd have to piecemeal it, though. It would be such a pain in the ass. Dude.
0: Oh, yeah. To to do the um, whole thing.
2: I think we've suck. discussed before, if I would consider selling it, and the offer would have to be pretty juicy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> it to be pretty, 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 pretty juicy, because uh, <laughs> yeah, Heroescape is uh, the fav- my favorite game that I own, like, by hands down.
1: How many pieces is it, like do you think you have of that game?
2: Uh well, as far as totality of uh anything everything that was released there's only uh about three quarters of uh what they were calling waves, which is basically four blister packs with um figures in them i 'm only missing okay. three of four of a single wave All so right. I almost have the entire collection like the entire run of everything that was ever produced under the heroscape banner of, of you know of course there's tons of um Way back in the day, Gen Con exclusive. I don't have any of that stuff. So it's a lot of pieces. I mean, I have, like, one of those big, like, four-foot-tall made drawer things full of stuff, and then another shorter, smaller one full of just the terrain. Like, to tra- it takes up a lot of space. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But you're in the same kind of boat that me and Andy talk about, like, all the time. If we wanted to, like, tomorrow, we're like, oh, we want to get out of Funko, we're going to sell everything— It's not like we could just sell it as a lot. Like we'd end up having to like individually piece everything out because some are worth more than others. And some we know like people, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want my pops that I've had like five, six years now in my house to go to some jerk face who is either. A, probably going to take it out of the box or B <laughs> is going to like turn around and, you know, sell it to China for 200 more dollars than he paid for it because he can make that quick buck, you know, yeah. like I'd rather them go to a forever home to like one of our Funko friends who is like, this is the last piece of the collection I need. All right, fine. You deserve it. Here you go. There's your grail.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring that up um, because I've been involved in several transactions over the year where I've told the seller, like I've been buying and it's been expensive stuff. And I've said, look, I'm not going to resell this. I love this This was part of my childhood. I'm going to either keep it in the box or I'm almost never going to sell it. And they've given me discounts before because it's meaningful to people that are collectors to hear that. They can't verify that. It could be full of shit. Oh, um, yeah. not. But it's worked. I remember I got um, substantial discounts. I can think of at least uh three video games um that i was able to do that and these are not games that i you know they're not in 64 games for resale i really wanted them so
1: yeah no we have people who will message us and be like hey if you ever think about getting rid of x y and z can you message us first and then if we ever make that decision all right we're getting rid of this they're the first person we call because hey we know that that's the last piece of your collection
0: yeah well I mean that's that's kind of a nice insurance to have in case the world goes to hell for you, but you know hopefully we won't get there uh but I want to open up a question more broad broad scope here why, if we know or can brainstorm, is collecting such a big thing amongst us geeks? why do we do it?
1: I think it's a so- uh, like I think it goes back to, I think it was on the last podcast, we were talking about social aspects of being able to use, find something that somebody else enjoys that maybe in your world you're completely alone in. Like you only have this game and nobody else likes this game and none of your friends like this game. But being able to find a group of people who also like that game also makes us a social, you know, a social creature again.
2: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes, makes sense. sense. I, I mean, for me, it's just clout. It's like, just wanna ego. Yeah, I wanna wave my big collection dick around and <laughs> slap some bitches up in the face with it. So I'm rocking
1: <laughs> oh, Twilight God. Imperium when Andy four. Hears that, He's gonna be like, that's that's exactly how I feel about Bunko. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think I wear underwear when I'm doing hopper? <laughs> yeah, from the way he's down, he's naked from in the way he's down, he's he's showing his pop. So, <laughs>
1: Well, that's no, we just have the large, like everyone who sees our Marvel collection, like you have the biggest Marvel collection and like Andy tries to not like, you know, be like, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, dude, you have the largest Marvel collection. Just, you know, be proud. That's right.
0: That's, that's
2: pretty cool. Well, I, I think that is legitimately an aspect to a lot of collectors. I mean, a lot of, I mean, they're deriving whatever pleasure they're getting out of it. For a lot of people, that is the pleasure. Um, for for me, like I, I'm trying to think when, to my for my my board games there are quite a number of them on my shelves that I have never played before. So what value am I getting from them currently? And right. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it's very hard to express. I can't properly put that into any semblance of a, of, of a paragraph that could explain it right. to anybody that doesn't collect something.
0: Yeah.
1: And you can't Marie Kondo it. Like Andrew's tried to like hold a pop and be like, this is bring me joy. It just, it doesn't work. Absolutely. Like
0: yeah, that. exactly. She's full of shit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I actually collect honestly, um, for the most part, for different reasons than you guys. Um, for me, it all revolves around nostalgia. So I've gone back and bought various video games and movies, not not board games so much, but video games and movies um that I was into as a kid because okay, so for example, we had this old video game system I mentioned it on the show a few times before, TurboGrafx 16, which was carried by Radio Shack for like 3 years. Um our system broke when I was about 12 and you know, I said, "Mom, the the system's broken, please throw it away, but you know, we'll keep the games." I'll you know get the system again one day well she didn't believe me this is a reoccurring theme with my collecting so she tossed the system in all the games some of which are upwards of two thousand two hundred dollars just the little they call them hue cards so fast forward to 2013 and i won an aggressive ebay auction for a TurboGrafx 16 that came with some good games i could tell there was a guy On the other end, live bidding against me down to the final seconds. And I figured out when I bid at exactly seven second intervals, I had a stopwatch. I was beating him. And so I got in the last bid (laughs) and, and won it. But now I had to go back and I've spent about a grand getting all my old games. And I got them because it's nostalgia. There's times on a Friday night when I'm alone chilling at home and I suddenly feel I have to play this game from my childhood. Nostalgia hits me in these weirdly powerful waves. And I may only play 10 or 15 minutes, but my goodness, does it feel good to have it? And that stretches to movies as well. Over the years, I've gotten rid of movies. I, you know, downsized when I went to a certain uh, basement suite I lived in, and I didn't have room for them all. And then I realized I really liked this. And and having this, I've gone and bought back those DVDs or Blu-rays. Um and as a kid I was told a lot of these are from the 90s and early 2000s. My parents and my brother kept telling me, "Well, you're not going to be interested in this in 2 years." And I'm like, "But I love this. I I love this. I don't care if anybody yeah. else loves this." And maybe that's where it crosses over with what you said, Shannon, about you know people liking these things that they don't think anyone else really likes too much. My mom couldn't give a she she probably doesn't even remember TurboGrafx 16 if I mention it. And um, you know these movies I got rid of. My brother couldn't name one, but they meant to me. And I don't care if I was world. the only one in the family that liked it, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's interesting.
2: And and now you but, have the only working VCR in the Greater Vancouver Regional District. So.
1: <laughs> hey, I have one too. <laughs> so true. hey, don't. don't
0: oh, I man, that VCR! I almost killed that thing. I think I sprayed auto grease in it once because like literally just opened the flap and sprayed in auto grease and it, uh, it started, why? Why? Because it made squeaky sounds, but then it started to chew up and destroy every tape I would put in it. So then in my smart, like my smart, um, knowledge of like liquid engineering, I bought a silicone lubricant and sprayed it in the same portal. All over everything on top of the oil glue, and now works perfect. hasn't eaten it, hasn't had any tracking issues. Plays the, the <laughs> sets completely perfect, and has done that for like five oh, years. My That's goodness. like next level fluid dynamics you're I, I working think with right there. the <laughs> silicone has engaged in a war, like Pac-Man little beads of liquid consuming the evil auto oil. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So hey, tip for you, listener: if you
2: got a squeaky VCR
0: or a squeaky child <laughs> <laughs> hit, 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 hit it with the whammy of, loop of oil yeah <laughs> oh, oh my that's goodness fun. Um, last question on this segment and we have to go negative with all this laughter are there downsides to collecting
1: well, yeah downsides. there's a downside to everything if you're collecting for monetary value then yeah there, and everything starts going south like beating babies then all hell breaks loose
2: yeah, that's an issue. Um, I think it just comes down to, to monetary issues, though. It's always just come, boils down to the yeah. dollar. Okay, okay, okay. One, even if you're really into it, a lot of these hobbies are expensive. Right, money. Uh, that's if you're nice. if you're invest, yeah, sure, they take up space. If you're investing, you could lose the money that you're investing. In. It's money. It's just because everything costs fucking money. That's the downside of everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. here's here's a good example in the Funko world. So a. F- when the Tweaky Chase came out, the hostess Twinkie Chase, I know that sounds just so stupid, it came out to Target, and only Target got them. And in order to get them, they came in boxes six, and five would be the regular, and the sixth one would be the Chase. People were beating other people in the Target parking lot over Twinkie Chase's. Oh, wow. Like...
0: What is this? A ten dollar
1: plastic Twinkie like, Chase? All right, means right, none- What?
0: What is? It? I don't know what that is. Is it literally a Twinkie, like an anthropomorphic yeah, Twinkie? It's the,
1: it, no, it's the tw- it's the Twinkie mascot, and like I believe, I now Andrew's oh, okay. gonna be like Shannon, that wasn't the exact one, but it was. I want to say it glowed in the dark. It did something just ridiculous because that was the Chase version, but of course oh. the Chase version was uh, worth more than the common one that right. Target also sold. Right. <laughs>
2: oh wow.
1: It was a different color. Now I remember it was a different color. Like different one was color. red and one was blue or something stupid like that.
0: Wow. Crazy. Well, I, you know, okay, so here's here's the downside that I thought of, and this was actually the, the impetus, of, impetus of me asking the question when I kind of threw this outline together. You know, if you're a serious collector and collecting is important to your heart, you have to have a partner, which Shannon, you very much do, that can understand and respect that. And I think, unfortunately, collecting may be seen as a form of, uh, like, I think certain partners, and I'm talking like relationship partners, might see Mm -hmm. collecting as irresponsible with money, um, or even as a form of hoarding, if it's something that takes up a lot of space. Certainly, I've had comments from one girlfriend of mine, you know, about that I had, you know, too many movies, and too many video games, and not enough books, and this and that, and uh, it, yeah, Leland knows which one. Um, but, it, you that's know, it easy, hurt. Yeah, okay. It, it okay. hurt. It was unexpected, right? Because I invited her into my place of vulnerability, my apartment. To your home, where to my, you play with your toys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's like,
0: I get all this disrespect for something that's really near and dear to my heart because she can't
1: understand But here's that. the thing. To be completely honest, if you can't find a person who loves the stuff that you love, then... They're not worth it because no. let me be honest. My husband's our first date was to go see *Brokeback Mountain* the week it came out. <laughs> he had no idea what the movie was about. <laughs> he was sure I would never, ever, ever go on a date with him again. But because he had the balls, guess what? I'm married to him now, and we have a house full of toys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. I just, yeah. I just imagine you know Jake Gyllenhaal getting into that tent, and you, you kind of be like. Yeah, I got to go now. (laughs) Oh, no, he
1: was, yeah, he was embarrassed. He had no idea. And his roommates, of course, other guys had told him, oh, yeah, we heard about this in the newspaper. It's a great movie to go see. And yeah, (laughs) he didn't think he was going to get another date with me.
0: (sighs) Uh, That's such a good story. I mean, that's what I, that's all I have for downside. I really wanted to make that that point. But I think you end on a good note there, uh, Shannon, is that, (laughs) I mean, I don't want to, this show is the last place about making people not single, but you know, it's to to say that you've got to find somebody that uh, accepts your your stuff. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's yeah. deflating when someone can't. So, I, well, moral of the story, listener, is if your potential partner is collecting, do not judge what they collect, for they may judge what you collect. Uh, I, I, yeah, I
2: don't know. Uh, yeah, when you point a finger, there's always three pointing back at you. But if you can't find somebody that shares one of your interests, then you're probably into some fucked up shit. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> well the way Andy got me into Funko was just collecting like we would find like a line that we both were into like when Ghostbusters came out for Funko we were both into Ghostbusters and then Marvel and then this and then that you know so it's just been one kind of fandom over another and I mean there's certain there's certain fandoms in this house that I'm like nope, that's Andy's only I have nothing to do with it and there's certain fandoms that Andy looks at it and goes nope that is all my wife I have nothing to do with that either <laughs> yeah so- well uh it and just
2: depends that point right there is why Funko is are so successful it's it's all Funko games is is an umbrella over every fandom in existence so through that avenue it's very easy for two or more people to find some common ground somewhere it's just a smart fucking product like
1: it is no it's it's brilliant and they, they keep getting smarter and smarter with different products. We just wish they would stick to, the, you know, the original Pops and, you know, some vintage, more, you know, different licensing. I, it all comes down to licensing. And unfortunately, I can't sit here and say, oh, yeah, they need to do this, this, and this because I'm not the one who has to fight for licensing. And I know that costs money.
2: Yeah, yeah, money that Funko Games has.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you think they're true. able to do all the shit that they do? To, to a degree. What do you think the Bob Iger Funko Pop would cost? Like, think
1: of that. <laughs> oh, they're gonna make one. I bet you. I, I bet you. By the end of the year, we will have like some kind of Bob Iger Pop because uh, they they have to. They have so many other Disney Pops coming out. It's it's insane. Nice. I mean, they're ma- they're making all the Toy Story line into aliens, like the little green wow. aliens. It's re it's stupid level ridiculous stupid
0: level disney that's yeah i hey i'd go for an niger pop i mean that guy's probably the most famous leader of disney yeah. next to walt himself he's so. part of the the six piece executive line that's right <laughs> <laughs> line of disney execs michael eisner <laughs> goofy <laughs> no,
1: put him right next to my dapper look <laughs> 200 million more
0: <laughs> um okay we're getting so off track uh, let's let's wrap up this puppy and let's move into our second hybrid segment: blog like a nerd, sponsored by Game of Nerds. A <laughs> sponsored, blog. oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, listener. But we would take money, Shannon. Yeah, yeah you, can cut, you can cut the check out to Leland's deal. Yeah. Our, our Patreon for the first time was a little low last month. So. <laughs> Uh, but, anyways, I think I feel like a Patreon Patreon joke's becoming like a thing here, once per episode. I don't. What do you mean by joke? I, I do not understand. <laughs> that's a that's good point. Do you guys so
1: have one? Or you... we, we
2: know, do. We it's, do. It's
0: been long running, heavily advertised. We talk and, about it
1: all uh, the
2: time.
0: <laughs> you know, like, like imagine Scrooge McDuck's gold tower that he swam in. But then make yeah. it, like, Trump Tower Manhattan size. That's our Patreon. And then completely empty it. <laughs> <laughs> don't joke around oh. here, in Leland.
1: Because I keep, jo- like, I keep telling everybody. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get on it. I'm going to get on it. And then I realize it's just more work for me to do. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I-, I want more work for me to do. It, You know? Yeah. Because you have to, like, create. Uh, don't you have to create, like, your own set of content just for that? Like,
2: yeah uh generally yes that's yeah that's okay. a it's a whole yeah i mean sh- we could have a pocket we could have this whole segment on patreon if we wanted I'd, all um, right
1: invite me back for that yeah that's <laughs> not for this show but
0: <laughs> i know i it's it's too bad you know i i had actually made a fake patreon account so that i could um you know buy into our account and i would see if leland would notice it amongst the masses um, <laughs> but you know i was like
1: how'd that work for you you know
0: I knew it would be the straw that broke the camel's back and collapsed that tower so that all the gold would spill out. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't add Yeah, anything.
2: yeah, yeah. There is like, there is such a thing of, of being too big, right? Like... Right. I mean, look what happened to the Hindenburg. That's right.
0: Down in flames. Down in flames. Unlike her Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's... So, blog like a nerd. Let's... Uh, We want to discuss blogging. We've all done it a little bit. Uh, but I do want to focus... On Shannon and like give us a bit of history when did you start Game of Nerds and and how did you grow it?
1: So I started Game of Nerds uh, five years ago in my hospital bed Uh, I got diagnosed with celiac disease and I was in the hospital and basically all I had was TV and my laptop and I was consuming like pretty much anything and everything seasons within days And I had nobody to talk to. And when my friends came over to visit me, we would get, they would get kicked out because we'd be yelling over Doctor Who or Supernatural or something (laughs) stupid. So my mom said, you need to take it online is pretty much what she said. Um, So I started just a little Tumblr for me, myself and I. And five years later, now I've got multiple staffers and We're doing our own little thing. I didn't, I honestly didn't think it was going to get this big. It's, it's one of those things where I just did it for myself to give myself an outlet. And now it's giving multiple other people an outlet.
0: Now, forgive me if, you know, I just haven't read the right articles or whatnot, but it's been, you know, a while, but pre, pre Marvel, did you still write articles directly the last few years or by that point, was it mostly taken by your staffers and you're just kind of like content director?
1: I did content nonstop the first three years. Then the year I got married, I kind of took a break just because I was planning the wedding and did a lot of admin. And then it hasn't been until probably about this year that I finally have gotten back into writing. So it's probably been two years since I've like, I've written content like once in a while, but not like, okay, every week I've got an article coming out like it used to be. Hmm.
0: Cool. Do you miss it or is it just you're so distracted by everything else?
1: Oh, no, I miss it. Like that's I for me to 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 ingest the content and like something that I enjoy and put out an article about my like how I feel about it. That's almost their therapy for me. And that's I think. What's helped me now after having Marvel is just kind of having that outlet, like, okay, an hour after she's gone to bed, okay, I'm going to write out this article on the, you know, episode that I, you know, the season I finally finished after a week and a half. I mean, that's better therapy for me than anything else.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. It's inactive right now, but I had a blog for the same reason. When I posted my first blog on my Facebook, I said, I'm literally just doing this for personal therapy, but if you want to read, go for it. Yeah. Leland, what about you? What do you do for blogging now and or in the past?
2: Uh, well, before we started podcasting, it was just like board game stuff and um, creative writing and stuff. But now for the podcast, it's been a while since I've written anything. Me neither. <laughs> and it's, for my, my creative
0: outlet is really through role playing now. Right. Now that I'm doing it more. so. Yeah. I think Leland and I have tran here's here's a word you don't hear every day. We've transmuted our creative energies in a bit. We've just changed form. So uh really for most of us, both of us that's uh that is the podcast. Um I do very slightly more writing than Leland in regards to actual articles, but where I am much more active is on our social media, so that's an outlet for me for the podcast. It's just trying to get our listener to continue to keep track of us in between episodes since we only drop an episode once a month nowadays yeah 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 Yeah.
1: um no it's hard between all the social medias and keeping up with the content and everything else it feels like all you do is you're constantly on your computer or you're on your phone checking emails checking okay did that tweet go out did that instagram post go out or did i message enough to make sure that the algorithm's still keeping up i mean it's It's honestly, you know, if I had a nickel for every person who's like, you know what, I'm going to start a blog because it looks really, really easy. I mean, I'd (sighs) I'd be rich, you guys. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's, it is not easy. And if you want to grow and promote and then, you know, engage with your fan base and stuff like that, it's, uh, it's at least a part time job. And it for sure involves something with commitment. It's not something you can just throw together unless you don't care if anybody ever reads it and just throw it out there don't care about your fans and that this you can disclose as much or as little as you want but i mean we are curious we joked about patreon coming into this game of nerds i mean you have multiple staffers are they all volunteers or do you have an income revenue stream of some sort
1: so because the geek blogs are so small and like this is one of the things we were talking about earlier is geek blogs are so underrated right now we have like big websites like Entertainment Weekly, Nerdist, ComicBook.com, these big ones are basically because they're the big, you know, big geek blogs and they have the ad revenue and the people who are looking at them, they're the ones who get the screeters, They're the ones who are going to get the previews. They're the ones who are going to get the first looks that, you know, the action shots, all that kind of stuff. So all of us little blogs get left in the dust. But if you read a lot of these big reviews, they don't, don't have a lot of feeling behind them you know like they feel like they feel like someone just hey i watched this episode i've never seen supernatural but here's what i thought about these two brothers fighting evil like what the is going on but okay (laughs) i give this episode a b plus like
2: yeah
1: that's not the kind like that's the reason why we started so um tgon is all volunteer um all the money ad money whatever we make basically goes back into the website whether we can you know do more ads or we can you know make our website bigger or whatever we can do that's that's how we roll because at this point we're making a community because here's the flip side there's a lot of writing communities that are not allowing these new writers to have an opportunity like you it's not like you can walk into Forbes CNN and just become a writer for them or an intern for them you have to have experience so a lot of my writers are using TGON as that base and that portfolio for them to go okay I'm now going to go to Forbes I'm going to go to CNN I'm going to go to iSpot TV or and start my careers there and now I have a platform to start up on.
0: Yeah, it was kind of. It's interesting you say that because it was kind of disheartening. Uh, it was probably two or three years ago, probably closer to two. Um, there was a geek blog I always went to called. Uh, L, it's called LRM now. It used to be Latino Review Media, and it was big enough geek blog that there were there were several writers, and I definitely had ad revenue and things like that. So it was definitely make it definitely had an income, and I know for sure their core writers. Uh, did it full-time even though they barely wrote but I should say managers but they advertised they said, okay we want to expand and they advertised all these different kind of writing positions and content creation positions and I was really disappointed like for the writing position you didn't have to travel which is what I applied for there were a few but it was like really like regimented three days a week had to have this content of this amount of words fully proofread with you know, media that was free to go. Oh, yeah. But you didn't get paid anything for it. You no. didn't get paid
1: anything. And and that's what a lot of my writers who like go on to these big companies are like, Shannon, I miss writing for you because... I get to choose what I want to write about. It's not like something's getting slapped on my desk and going, okay, you have to write about this to get your check. Like, you know, or they'll tell me, oh, my article got massively edited, you know, like Mm -hmm. I couldn't write this, this or this, but on your website, I'm allowed, you know, I'm allowed to say how I really feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I mean, this is a whole other discussion that I want to bring up in a, a podcast soon, but You talked about a lack of passion for these big companies that write, but I almost feel like the people that write for them, they've lost the sort of old school reviewers mentality. They focus only on a few key things which are not part of the holistic whole that need to be reviewed in a given episode or whatnot. You kind of mentioned that with like they'll, you know, you mentioned for a TV show that they just focus in on a relationship, you know, one single relationship. And I always plug this guy every chance I get. Um, I own his book. I watch his YouTube channel, uh, Chris Stuckman. He's my favorite and only movie reviewer I really go to because he brings that up all the time. He's like reviewing and talking about art. Your your media art is a such a lost thing nowadays. And all you have to do is pick up USA Today and read what they've written about a movie. You know, yeah. it's... It's it's sad. It's sad. It's why well, I'm glad that a place like Game of Nerds is around, giving you know young writers a supportive environment to kind of kick things off. I was gonna ask too as well, what are what are the some of your favorite blogs that either you have written for Game of Nerds or that your staff have done? Do any kind of stick out?
1: Um, I haven't gotten to, you know, I get to play with this the most I I get to play with you guys. This has been the most fun I've gotten to have. Um, But frankly, it's just, you know, most of these other geek and nerd blogs are run by boys and they don't want to play with girls. And and so, you know, they either undermine me or they don't want to play at all. So I just, you know, I don't. I just don't play really with geek blogs, but I have found some awesome nerd, nerdy moms. Now that I'm a mom, Aww. they're like a unicorn group of people. And, um, I've been learning a lot from them about the balance and they've been, they run their own blogs as well. So hopefully we'll do some collaborations with them soon.
0: That's cool. Marvel Lee, you know, chilling with uh DC James. And uh,
2: Sony Adams. Sony Adams. Well, all
1: these moms have like Harry Potter names or like other movie names. So it's like it's really cool to see actual nerd moms because there's like there's like moms. And then there's like the moms like me whose kid is literally dressed in some kind of fandom onesie every day of the week. And, you know, has some weird reference attached to them, you know, shirt wise.
0: Yeah. It'll be a little awkward for the mom that has a daughter named Voldemort. You know, when she gets asked out to prom, like, "Hey, Voldemort, yeah. do you want me?" <laughs>
2: no, they just, she, call her, they just call her V for short. Oh, <laughs> V. Yeah, there
0: you
1: go. Yeah. Well, that's why, like, everyone looked at us like, "Oh, Marvel, like, is she gonna be able to live up to the name?" I'm like, seriously, with her birth story, it's a marvel that she's even here. Like, let's just. <laughs> let <us be> <laughs> <her>.
0: <laughs> well, and given her personality so far, I'd say she shouldn't have a problem dealing with, uh, dealing with her name, which I, I think is awesome. I think it's totally cute, and it's oh. very shannon you know very <laughs> parola you. so i think
2: well in helpful. 18 years i fully predict she will be owner and operator of funko games
0: though so. <laughs> 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 let's
1: know. hope let's
0: hope you never know um i'll i'll throw the same question to you leland i mean is there has any specific blog posting or anything you made ever stick out to your not not really remember what no
2: no 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 i just have i've honestly done it so
0: little yeah yeah, it's been a while. It, it's tough to get motivated for myself as well because being involved in marketing, um, writing articles for websites and magazines is something that I do for my day job. I wish I could say that doing it for, leisure, you know, the, the yeah, pleasure, or the website or whatnot, um, would be an escape. But honestly, sometimes it feels too close to what I do at work cause, because I'm still given a lot of creativity to the marketing articles I can write, so that. Something like where we change up the media format, like this podcast, is really where I kind of get that escape. So, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and, you know, the, the blog is very successful. But if you could do anything differently, starting with Game of Nerds, uh, if you could go back in time, would you? Or do you think, you know, you had a pretty good run for what you've done in the last number of years?
1: Um... I well, we're. I keep thinking of, of us as the little blog that could. So we're just gonna keep on chugging until we we either run out or somebody tells us no and we run into a wall. Um, but th- the only thing like I can think of, like every time everyone asks me, is there something you could go back and do? Um, the only thing I would just, I would go with my gut more. I think I spent there was a couple of years in there where I just was more worried about appeasing everybody else. Right. And if I had stuck to my guns and stuck to what, I like the main mission, we probably would have gotten to where we wanted faster and would have been keep, you know, keep going. You know, it's just in like everything, it's two steps forwards, one step back sometimes, you know, and you just have to keep going. Otherwise, you know, you're just giving up and I'm not, I'm not a quitter.
0: No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, we are, but uh, you can be <laughs> yeah, the strong one. I quit What's all the time. I want to quit my job so bad.
2: I want to quit so many different things. Um, you want to quit quit
0: the podcast?
2: No, I want to do more podcasts. Okay. I mean, the third, exactly. fourth, and fifth podcast. All right.
1: Yeah. Um, you got you to find, like, that's how I started with TGON. Like, it was like, okay, I've got to start doing things that I like doing because life's too freaking short and I could die tomorrow. And if I keep just doing the things I hate, I'm just, man, life sucks.
0: Yeah. Life does suck. I feel bad for people. I mean, I know they make their own choices, but that, you know, get into a career that they hate, but they stay there just for safety or reasons. I I don't know. I just, it's, I have
1: a lot of writers on staff who are like, I hate my nine to five. Like this is the reason why I live because like, I just, I need an outlet to write about like, you know, my game or the TV show, the one TV show I get to watch a week after my kids go to bed, you know? So I'm things like that. It, When I hear things like that, it's well worth my time and energy that I put into the website because that's what I want to hear.
0: Well, that's kind of a segue to uh, one of my points here, which is where do blogs fit in the world of geek? And I I think, honestly, it's just what the goal seems to be for Game of Nerds, which is this passionate, authentic outspring for your hobbies and for these things that you're really passionate and enjoy about, no matter what they are.
1: Well, and that's really what it is, is you're either, I think, it you're either an entertainment website who is tracking the news and the gossip and all that kind of bullcrap, or you're, I guess you're a fan site like us where we do do the news, we do talk about, you know, all the stuff that's going on, but really at the end of the day, we're going to write a review about, you know the new Mandalorian and how much we loved it or how much we hated it or the newest Star Wars movie or X, Y, and Z. Yeah,
0: and I think that that's, I, I hope to see a sort of counter-cultural movement within geek culture where, you know, grassroots writers, young writers try to take, you know, basically geek culture back and in, in blogging from these big, I don't want to call them mega corporations, but you know what I'm talking about. These yeah. big companies, you know, the polygons and stuff like that, that seem to monopolize and have honestly moved away from the passion and the authenticity that we used to have in blogging. Yeah.
1: Well, well, there's two. There's also the writers who have been on to these companies who are so been there so long and they claim to be geek, but they're just... So far removed from the subject or they're so on the toxic side of the fandom where it's just like, you know, uh, like when the new Star Wars came out, you were either for it or you were against it. And at some point, where do you just stop and just enjoy the movie and just, yeah. you know, hey, hey, just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, you can like it. You can not like it. You don't have to come unglued and make death threats on Twitter about it.
0: No, no, that's yeah, that's. That That's so right. And it's also so sad, you know, just looking where, where things are. And you wonder, I mean, working for those big corporations like that, that beat over your head, certain ways of writing articles or whatnot, they're squelching out the passion that those kids used to have. Uh, because I maybe even without them noticing it, because uh, it's just different. It's just different when you're doing it just for the, uh, the passion. Um, last point here on the topic. Do you have any advice for Moby and Leanland? Again, we're half-assing our blogs to, uh, to maybe get more in gear, inspire some sort of passion in us to, to write and get our blogs going more.
1: My best advice that I've been given recently is set a deadline, like whether it's every two weeks, every once a month, something, just set a deadline for yourself and stick to it. Because then you'll at least hold yourself accountable, and then if you don't do it, at least you'll feel like crap after you know a couple (laughs) days. Be like, shit, I was really supposed to do that. Oh man, I really should get on it. And then after like a week, you really do it because you feel so bad that you didn't do it. That's at least that's what's worked for me. But I think the best thing now as a mom that if I'm thinking about something. If I've watched a movie, I've watched a series that I finished and I'm thinking about it three days after, it'd probably be a good topic to write about or a good idea to, pop, yeah. you know, like talk on YouTube or something like that. Like if I'm really thinking about it that many days after, it's probably something I should write about.
0: Yeah, those, that's actually those two points are really good rules of thumb. I will certainly put both of those into practice. And I'm not just saying that. I will because I know my own personality and I think I do need to put an arbitrary deadline on myself. But there have been times where something stuck with me for, like you said, three days and I have never done anything about it. And, and why not? And at the end of the day, we own our own content here. I can write about whatever I want as long as it's within geekdom. And if other people don't like it, who cares? You
1: know? Yeah, Well, and I've just learned even too. you know, you can go on your phone like and do, you know, um, notes and talk, you know, because half the time I have a baby in one hand. So I have to use the voice to, to text mode and just writing out my like saying my thoughts into the notes and then using that later for an article, just getting them out there as I'm they're popping into my head is like the best way to get an article fully done. Because otherwise, if I try and sit down at eight o'clock after I've listened to the baby scream all day and try and put out an article, it's just going to be nothing but nonsense.
0: That (laughs) that is quite poignant. Uh, I think that's that's definitely something I'm like thinking to myself right now. I'm like, of course, I know the note function of my phone. It's right on my home screen. I use it for other stuff. Why don't I think about it for this
2: stuff? I use this all the time. What am I doing you know, My,
1: my personal favorite, water. I'll be like in the middle middle of something, like changing the laundry and like an article, like idea will hit me. And so I'll just be like, hey, Suri, remind me I need to write an article about Sesame Street's like parodies or something like that. Nice. And my phone's going off right now as we speak. It's now like, oh, set a reminder. I'm like, no, it's okay. Don't you remind me. You said the S word,
2: Yeah. <laughs> well that's so funny because like i do the yeah we already wrote
1: about the sesame street
2: yeah i do the same things for campaign building uh for my other podcast and it's literally like especially at work so easy to just drift off at work and think about our story and where it's going and just yeah have to constantly take notes for that kind of shit
0: yeah i think it's in a way it's like how do they say you should remember dreams is write them down as soon as you wake up. It's that yeah. sort of thing because you can't trust yourself to remember that idea later.
2: Yeah, you, so, know, yeah. you need a dream daddy journal.
1: <laughs> yeah, dream daddy. or like if my brain's like going too much and I've got like, oh, this is an excessive to-do list, like, all right, just get a scrap of paper and start brain dumping it on a Post-it note and stick it somewhere and deal with it later because eventually you're going to remember that thing that you forgot because it'll be that one last thing on your list and yeah, be like, yeah 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 i've been meaning to do that for like a month now i probably should take care of that now
2: <laughs> well now you could stick a post-it on marvel's forehead and you'll never forget it yeah
1: <laughs> she's got her own like alarm and system going so she's good she's self-regulatory you know self-regulating herself
2: <laughs> that's more than i can say for me so she's already ahead of the game so
0: yeah, <laughs> self-regulate we're shit <laughs> it's 12 p.m on a wednesday you're still sleeping, haven't gone to work, haven't drank water, <laughs> yeah. and not, I need my bottle! <laughs> it's half past noon! Your last meal was two shrimp pizzas yesterday. You're not self-regulating.
1: If, that, if that's how Leland can't self-regulate, then I really, really set can't self-regulate, because we get to about 6 o'clock when my husband looks at me and he's like, what have you ate today? And I'm like, nothing.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> he
1: goes, alright, okay, when was the last time you drank? And I'm like, tea this morning i think <laughs> oh, all right when was the last time you went to the bathroom no clue <laughs> like all right you need. To i don't know how i'm still alive baby.
0: andy i don't know how this body <laughs> yeah. is still functioning the,
1: the baby's alive what more do you want from me yeah
2: that's that kind of is just the sole job right now i imagine is keeping yeah. this child alive
1: She's gone, like, yeah, we're out of the trenches now, so now she's, like, fun and, you know, like, interactive, and we can, like, set her down the first four months. It's, like, literally, like, World War 2 You're just in the <laughs> trench trying to, <laughs> everywhere's being bombed, and you're just trying to figure everything out. Yeah,
2: or at least as fun as a baby can be anyways. So
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, give us one more plug for game of nerds as we close this off where people can find you
1: uh you can find us anywhere on all social medias at the game of nerds or at www.TheGameOfNerds.com so if you're looking for a fandom to come explore or you're looking for a place to write we've always got a spot for you please email me I'd love to have you on staff
0: yeah it's it's awesome really listener like i I, I mean in all seriousness I do read their stuff I do actually have a prioritized. Because I like to you know, just I like their articles. It's just really good stuff, and they have something for everything. I think that was the point I brought up in the beginning. You know, TV movies like don't think that just because I usually talk about the farming video games that I like so much on that site that that's all what it's about or fifty percent. no they they've got everything. so no,
1: and we're always looking for someone to bring something new to the table that I haven't heard. I mean, we've we we cover furries we I, we cover everything, I think at this site, so. You'll find something that I don't cover that someone new will bring to the table. I guarantee you because of this podcast. So
0: that's awesome. Bring it. Well, I I hope you share this when it's done and we'll be interacting. Always appreciate having you on and I'll leave it to Leland for the end of show stuff. Yes. Thank you.
2: Thank you for filling. We are at the, Bottom of the barrel of guests and hopefully, really? thankfully you were hanging out down there anyway, so really? we were able to That's scoop you right back up for <laughs> a third time. Terrible man. <laughs> Alright, I just showed show yeah. stuff. Uh you can find some of our written content that this was all a guy's listener. We haven't been lazy. We constantly put we just needed talking points. It's all up there, I swear. At TTPopcast.com. We're on Facebook, T Instagram, TT
0: I've been Leland Seal. I've been Moby. I'm Shannon. Take care, listener. <laughs> Thanks, listener. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye.